Welcome, 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 guys, to another Off-White pod brought to you by the Off-White boys. You know who it is. Hardest host, darker than most. It's David. And with me, I've got my boy, Vic, the most gas guy who never tells lies. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, as always. Early start again to the week, to the uh, recording of the pod, but here we are. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Had a uh, day off work, had some training, had to do a little pass paper for the calculations that got smashed. So I'm feeling pretty good so far, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, not much else. Week's been good. Um, you got anything going on so far? On No, not much. Nearly, so I suppose it's just Tuesday. Not much else has happened, has it? Nope, just work. And chilling, that's about it, mate. Yeah. So, uh, football's on this week, that's it, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, guys, um, we actually weren't meant to have a guest for this week, but I had a little brainstorm. Our last guest, as you, a lot of people, no, not last guest, um, the guest before, Katie, had a, a big, big, big feeling that we need to get on this guest. So I thought I'd give her a message, see if she's uh, down to come on. And following, you know, the latest news about coronavirus, it's felt appropriate time for her to come on. So I'd like to welcome a fellow uh, Nottingham student, uh, Byrovy. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. Thanks for coming on um how are you how has your week been so far it's been good i worked the weekend so i had today off which was very nice mm. and because of the nature of the podcast and uh, that yeah would you mind explain to people your your job title your role so he puts it in context what we're going to be discussing today Yes, so I'm a junior doctor, I'm foundation year two doctor. Um, I'm meant to be on obstetrics and gynaecology, but for COVID, I got redeployed to ITU. So I've been on the intensive care unit for a month now. Um, and yeah, I worked the weekend on call and I had today off and I'm on nights tomorrow. Oh, so busy, busy, busy for you. Yeah. So, um, as you said before we started recording that you have listened to a podcast and as it is tradition on the Off-White Pod, we always ask the Off-White Pod question, which is, this time I'm going to remember to do it before, Could you, would you like to give the people who are listening who are unfamiliar uh, of who you are, your heritage, where are you from? Yes, uh, my parents are from Sri Lanka and we are Tamil. Very nice, very nice. So uh, the question is, if you could choose any country, any culture, any region of the world to be from, apart from Sri Lanka, where would you choose and why? Oh, um, God, I hadn't given it this much. Okay, I think it would be Brazil. And um, I went there last year and there were some Portuguese colonies that we were with and we were talking to and they just had the best food ever like the best steak the mm. best alcohol the best music it was so good so if, it, if I couldn't be if I wasn't Sri Lankan then yeah probably Brazilian. Yeah. Very interesting yeah yeah not I think that's the first person to pick South America if I'm correct Rick. <laughs> yeah I think so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. fair interesting interesting so um 
let's just get straight into the conversation then. So as your experience as a junior doctor, um, what has been like this whole pandemic the last uh, year or so? How's it been for you? Has it affected? Uh, obviously, a lot of people discuss this topic about how bad it is for the um you know, the workforce in general, but I actually really wanted to come in from an angle as obviously you're F2 doctor now. How has it affected your like progression, your st your actual studying, like the experience you've got? As you said, you've been reaper deployed. Obviously it's part of the job to, um, you know, tend to care when, it, when, when there's a pandemic, but how has it actually affected your uh, education and experience? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone was prepared for it. And it was just like the first, This I can't believe it's been a year. It's, I'm talking about like the first lockdown, second lockdown. In the first lockdown, I was already working in respiratory um, and I was on like the high dependency unit and we were just seeing a lot of this like lung condition coming in. It, this was in January, February time. And then obviously it all started spicing up a bit um, and it just got, it just got so busy and I'd only been a doctor for six months at that point. So I was already like getting to grips with being like a functional human being in a hospital, yeah. you know, like I was trying to do the bare minimum and get by, but um, this happened where it was just like the numbers of people coming in was just so dense. And then we had staff falling sick. We had, we didn't really know what we were dealing with because it was the first time. So we yeah. were, people were staying in longer, getting sicker and like the prognosis wasn't as good, I guess. Um, and I didn't end up, you're meant to rotate every three months and I didn't end up rotating. I ended up having to stay on respiratory because it was so busy and they needed people. Mm. And that actually, for me, it worked out well because I, I quite enjoyed the placement. The team were really nice. I was learning a lot and getting to do like quite cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see... So like the thing that I was dealing with at the time though was like if I had to go grocery shopping or like go out for anything, it was like immense pressure. I was feeling really stressed about the fact that I could give someone this virus if I was like carrying it because I was working with it. Yeah. And then when I could finally see my family and like my grandma and stuff, I remember being just like really stressed out and mm. not sure if I could be like that close to them. Yeah. Um, and then this lockdown, I was, on obstetrics which was really fun so basically helping um give birth to babies so I was like helping deliver them and that was fun and then I was redeployed to intensive care um and it it was just like in nothing I've ever seen before you know when you see on like medical dramas it's really high like high intensity they're like this yeah. person's gonna die we need to do this right now it was actually like that yeah I yeah. was like what am I doing here? and there was I remember a point when I was just like redeployed at the beginning the first week the yeah. at the back of the beds they have all these plugs and everything is plugged in so like the bed the ventilator everything and I remember someone being like can you just unplug the bed because it's powered up yeah. and I was looking and I was like I literally have no idea where these plugs are going to I was yeah. like one of these is for the ventilator yeah and yeah. someone was like yeah don't I, turn off. <laughs> I don't want to turn that one off I was like I don't know what I'm doing here but um someone told me that everything important is battery powered as well so um yeah. but it was basically just 
uh, people who are redeployed, you just have to learn. You get an induction, like a couple of hours, you get, you get shown what to do and then you just do it because yeah. there's no time for people to be showing you everything. Like the, the computer system's different, everything's mm. different. But I think when you have to do it, you kind of do it. And yeah. um, it's, I'm actually very grateful for this redeployment. It's obviously I'm tired. I'm wearing a lot of foundation underneath my eyes because I am exhausted. <laughs> but I've managed to do some really cool stuff. Um, and I think I wouldn't have been able to do that kind of stuff if I hadn't been redeployed. Um, mm. So it has, for me, like I've been very lucky that I've managed to take something good out of both times. Um, yeah. But it has meant that half of my career so far has been COVID. Mm. So people keep asking me what I want to do next and what I'm going to specialize <laughs> in. And I really am like, I don't know. I, I oh, feel yeah. like I don't know because I, I haven't had a good, like a real experience of what it would actually be like. And it's really like scuppered my, my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that was the uh, main thought, I, thought process I had um, thinking about all my mates who were in uh, medicine and both and in uh, F1 and F2 about like the experience you actually gained to know what you want to do in the next step. So how do you reckon you're going to make that decision? Obviously, you've, you've got to be applying for your job. So have you already applied at this point? Like, how, how, how are you making that decision? God, people keep asking me this in the last few weeks. <laughs> I'm like, I don't Sorry. need this kind of... No, no, it's fine. That's, it's just like natural. Well done, babe. <laughs> it's, um, I'm actually... The way I'm dealing with it is I'm actually taking a year out. I'm planning to move to London in a few months and I'm going to do locum shifts. They're so just doing like ad hoc shifts um, in an A&E mm -hmm. and hopefully get some experience where there isn't lots of COVID and I'm planning to travel a bit as well. Cause I'm quite, I've, I've done straight run through. I haven't had any gap years. So yeah. I feel like I, one, I, I deserve a break. Yeah, <laughs> Two, yeah, yeah. I need to have some clarity about what I actually want to do and what, like everything has been COVID. Yeah, My whole yeah. day is COVID. I need yeah. to just see conditions that aren't COVID, see what I actually like. My original plan was to be a GP, but I realised I like working in a hospital. So I'm going to take a year out and hopefully get some experience and then apply. Mm. Just out That's of good. interest, where do you want to go travelling? Sorry to... <laughs> but I don't like I don't know if I'm going to be able to travel I really hope I can so yeah that's I, what I was going to say yeah <laughs> the plan was like more of uh, maybe like Peru like the Americas and I want to go back to Asia I know I'm being really vague here Americas mm. and Asia <laughs> yeah. um but I'm not going to do I a lot of people do like six months A&E work and then do six months just traveling mm -hmm. I think because everything's so uncertain, what I'll do is I might have to do just a few different traveling little two weeks away, three weeks away, and then coming back. I mean, I can make all these plans until, you know, until the cow come home, but I don't think, I don't know what will happen basically in the mm. next few weeks. Well, either way, I do hope you get to, you know, have some time off and you earn some traveling. <laughs> yeah. What's that five year course and then two years straight? definitely deserve a break <laughs> yeah yeah what was your yeah what I was going to ask was for someone like me who knows nothing about what like the life of a doctor would entail um like at all so when you say like oh my work's just been coronavirus what what does that mean does that just mean like for example 
well, my girlfriend is a medic, so she's I've heard the term like oh doing rounds, right? So yeah, when you say like all COVID related, does that mean like on a ward every patient is just like what in the ICU, ITU, whichever one you said? Was has everyone just got COVID then? Yeah, so at the moment, so I've been on the ITU and what you do on these rounds is basically like you um, see the patient, you go through all their problems. So their breathing, their like abdomen, what their blood level, what their bloods are like, what their x-rays like, basically like a whole systems review of why the patient's here, what's wrong with them. And so normally on a ward round, you'd be like, okay, this man had a heart attack, a cardiac arrest. Um, this is his issues now. This is what we're going to do. He's like this today. You present it to the consultant and then you go see them. And you'd be like the next person, they had appendicitis. So that's what rounds are like. In this, in the ITU, it was like, COVID-19 pneumonia for like all 42, bearing in mind it was the ITU maximum is like 17 at the moment we have like 42 patients and it would be every single person is COVID-19 but and the round would be like so this gentleman is day 23 of his um, COVID-19 disease he's not responding to this blah 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 second patient so this this lady is day 14 of COVID she's not and 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 the treatment's the same. Every single person is getting oxygen or steroids or antibiotics. And it's just like, it was just different days of the disease and different levels of awfulness. But it was just, yeah. that was it. Like every single person had COVID. So the, the treatment was basically kind of the same. Sometimes they would have different types of organ failure. So that was different. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, that's what I mean by that's all I've, I've seen. So that's all you kind of learn about as well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, so would you say then, obviously it's portrayed, well, not that, it's not the factual, but it's portrayed in the um, in the news, obviously like doomsday and all the hospitals and stuff. Um, how, how has your experience been from obviously never experiencing that throughout your five years at uni to then just be thrown into it as in, do you feel like, hospitals are ever prepared for such a scenario as as a pandemic or did you feel like they adapted quite quickly obviously given given the imagine there was enough cap, uh, enough capacity for everyone do you think people would have been able to still get the amount of treatment or do you think hospitals were just never prepared for a pandemic in general so I mean, I think that they really did do the best that they could because I like no one was expecting it. And I think people learn and especially like if you compare the first lockdown to the second lockdown, because now I've, I've worked in both. And mm. I think they definitely we've adapted. They adapted throughout the first lockdown and we've adapted even more this second time round. They were redeploying people from different areas of the hospital, like from surgery, from non-COVID areas to COVID areas. And they would quickly teach them the skills that they needed. And then people got on with it. And we had, so the, the ventilators that we're using now um, were actually very kindly donated from the Nightingale um, Hospital. So like we've adapted to it and we've, I think people learnt from what went wrong the first time and have done yeah better this time round and I think because the first time like a lot of my annual leave was cancelled and we were really tired we were burnt out and I think this time round they were like we don't need to cancel your leave like this we can you you should get 
some days off you should get some rest days we can kind of rotate you in and there's been like in terms of mental health there's been so much more well-being checks um more support and resources and in, and that's a huge part that we need to think about in terms of the pandemic like yeah. that you need to be equipped on that side of things because if you don't have mentally healthy working staff then you're not going to have a running hospital um yeah. and i think they have learned from that so if there was a third wave then it would be dealt with even better yeah I suppose this question, you know, is a, it's a very tough one to answer because um, I suppose not no one person has a correct solution. But given from what you've seen from the first lockdown and the second lockdown, like if you were to draw up, you know, the top five or most important things to do to prepare, like what would you what do you think from a uh, medical standpoint? would you would you advise if you were Matt Hancock what would you have you know been pushing for before lockdown too I think so do you mean in terms of like for the public or do you mean in the hospital we could do public and then for the hospital in terms of the public I just think like um we've seen how good like how lockdown impacts the numbers of spreading it just it makes sense like if there's less people interacting you're not spreading it and you're not giving it to people who are vulnerable who or people who aren't even vulnerable we have people in intensive care who have no medical conditions and are 50 years old who are dying from covid so like it, it really it didn't it didn't just affect vulnerable people but i think social distancing could have carried on for a little bit longer um we could have had a little bit more space from each other for a bit longer just to let the kind of hospital deal with the numbers and get through because it wasn't just covid as well it was so many other conditions that still were coming in but just the beds were full of people with covid that we couldn't deal with all the other stuff so i think a bit more distancing would have kind of prepared us um and i think I don't know, like there was points in uh, when it was really bad, when they were like running out of kind of oxygen and things. And um, so, yeah, it's, just stop you there. So when it comes to the oxygen and stuff, is that more of a operation size of like there wasn't enough or is it more of a they literally there's not enough to buy? Like is, was the supply there or was there, the hospital literally was running out completely? I I don't know because I think there were there was talk a few weeks ago like a few months ago even about the the like the cylinders the portable cylinders there wasn't lots and lots in stock um because we were needing so much more of them so I don't know if they we could have bought more in time but it was just like it, it was just I think the the increase in the cases this time round was so fast that people probably weren't prepared enough. So we could have, I think, the, the thing is though, you, we cannot just be buying hundreds and hundreds of extra oxygen cylinders and stock them in a hospital in case there's another pandemic. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they probably did, they, they probably did order enough and have enough at that time and then just couldn't foresee what was coming in that yeah. intense spike. No, no, that's fair. Um, and obviously, given your uh, profession um, of obviously being a, a doctor, do you think 
it's possible to balance both health and economics during a pandemic or do you think you have to sacrifice one of them or do you or do you think there's a healthy medium that could that could have been achieved to prepare I think I saw the arguments for both sides like I saw you know people were very like worried about the economy and they were worried about and I do feel so bad for small businesses and people and self-employed people people who were literally yeah. and I'd seen it firsthand from family members really 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 struggling mm. um and I think so I completely see why things had to happen they were the way they did but in terms of like the impact, the NHS is a huge part of our economy, right? We put in so much money into it and it saves us and it, and it gives us so much. Mm -hmm. I'm a big advocate for the NHS. And I think that um, in terms of trying to save the economy by, you know, easing lockdown and things, it did hurt the NHS. And in turn, that's going to end up costing us because yeah. there are people who with thing in two three month clinic follow-ups post-covid who have long-term illnesses and long-term side effects from this condition that maybe they wouldn't have got if it wasn't spread to them and that's going to cost the nhs and that's going to cost the economy so it everything in hindsight you can say a lot of things like we should have done this and we should have done that but i think that in terms of trying to save the economy by doing what they did i think it is it is going to damage the economy anyway but i'm not I'm not an economist. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so I don't know. All I can say is what what I'm seeing in the hospital is that there will be yeah. implications for years. Yeah. Just following on from that, then, do you think that the criticism of like Man Matt Hancock and the government is fair, or do you think it's a bit too much because people, well, the media don't portray the full story in a sense, or not enough? For example, do you think it's fair, or do you think it's a bit too too much? you can cut them a bit of slack if in the sense that if we we do as you said we don't know what they know so um it's unfair to pass judgment on that but i do think there is been a few decisions that they've made over the past six months that have hurt the nhs massively and as you said will in turn hurt the, the economics of the country uh, the economy of the country sorry um in the sense that i think they would have known certain stuff to and they've made a decision to pick the economy over, you know, the healthcare sector. And that's fair enough, but it's backfired massively and it's going to cost them both. So I think um, I think that, as I don't think it's uh, any one person's fault, but I do think that the government has failed on that area not saying the whole way they handle not saying the whole way they handled the pandemic was an easy task at all but there is some stuff where i feel quite strongly about where i think it was avoidable um mm. to think of one on top of my head the whole christmas thing it was just in my opinion it was just common sense we they cancelled um they cancelled eid but then they allowed Christmas. That's all I'm saying on my on my phone. But you know, I, I I agree. I think the I think the main thing for me was the that shocked me was the uh, eat out to help out. I just I enjoyed it obviously, but I just didn't understand <laughs> why that was even a thing. But yeah. um, I think looking at the economy now, technically we're in a recession. And everything it's mm. obviously affected us, but because I think what affects like recession and everything not to go too much into it but it's the confidence of consumers i.e normal people 
So if people know after the coronavirus that businesses can get back to normal and stuff, I don't think the recovery will take that long. I think it's obviously taken us back a few years probably, but I think they should have just been like, you know what, the economy is not going to do that well. We should tax people more for the next three years. I would have taken that. I think they're already putting out a plan um, to tax businesses that have made, uh, it's like a COVID tax. So if you made a, a certain amount of profit, um, they'll tax you on that due to the, the coronavirus. So they're, they're already doing things to, to reimburse themselves of, of some uh, tax and things like that. So yeah, but <laughs> some of the stuff is just a bit questionable, isn't it? Not to yeah. go. So, we did see the effects of, of, of Christmas and New Year mixing on the numbers. There was like, I remember that week when I was in Amy, it was really busy mm. about like two, three weeks after. Did you know as well before, like you were like, okay, they've announced it, say if it was like the first, like the 20th of December, they announced it whenever. Were you like, oh, well, we, we're going to be busy in January. Were like, was that like, did you think that like yeah was yeah, yeah i yeah. was like yeah i was like oh um yeah i remember thinking that's gonna be a hectic month i checked my rotor it was like when am i on nights <laughs> <laughs> so um that nicely uh moves into my uh, uh final question of um obviously uh boris had a little announcement on was it was it monday or when was it was it yesterday or the, yesterday, the, the, yeah. or yesterday Jeez, feels like ages ago since I've read. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It came out on Sunday, but I think it officially got announced yeah. early on today and then it's seven o'clock last night, yeah. That's how they always uh, send out little messages, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. Games. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, from your standpoint and your view, B, do you think that the way that they're, they're trying to stagger the opening of you know, different sectors of life in the UK is going to work? Do you, are you hopeful that there won't be this third, fourth wave? I don't know even what wave we're on now. Do you think the step they're taking now um, makes more sense? Because to me, it, it seems like a lot more thought has gone into this. Um, it, it's not just, right, everything's open. There's still quite a long way before we can go back to normal as, as we know it before the pandemic. So just from... Uh, my point of view it seems like it makes sense but from you know a uh, healthcare point uh, standpoint how do you feel do you are you are you nervous or do you do you feel like this makes sense I am obviously I'm a little bit nervous I'm, I was actually a bit overwhelmed I didn't I didn't sit down to watch the news like everyone else was running to because I just I I'm like I'm consumed by COVID I'm yeah, not yeah, I'm yeah. not I, I'm not here to watch it in the evening as well yeah, so yeah. I read it I read it later and I think ha like up until June, I actually think it, it makes sense. I think it is well thought out mm. and it gives how slow they're doing it. It gives us some time to roll out as many vaccines as possible as well, mm. um, which I'm, I'm happy about. I just think it gets to June and it's a bit wild. Like yeah. the 24 the year old in me who hasn't seen her friends in months is like, okay <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so what events are there lined up but actually like as a as a doctor I, or like just as a you know human being who lives in England I'm just thinking like is it really going to be no social distancing what was it like 10,000 people allowed in open air venues in, yeah. in June from yeah. that step just seems a that's little, in May I think yeah really although I, the stadiums anyway but yeah yeah, I feel like that's a little bit um, like 
I think it's too much too soon for that that last step because yeah. then we could see like another little spike because there'll mm. be like there's these other variants and there'll be people mixing who haven't mixed before mm. um who haven't yeah. had covid who haven't carried it and then are like new carriers mm. so like I am I am overall hopeful and feeling positive like that it'll be okay up until then mm. um and I don't know how realistic that June 21st is going to be um but we'll have to see I think it might be a little bit later than that um and it also seems a bit um crazy to say like no distancing no mask nothing at all just as a sudden stop because I think a lot of other countries are are permanently different now because yeah. of COVID see um, I that, that's the interesting point because I, I was discussing it with my mum where even when I think I, uh, no, I didn't. But recently, before lockdown, I got a train, and it was um, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty well cleaned uh, constantly at each stop. So it, there's just stuff like that where I feel like just because we're not in a pandemic, it just it's like the high the natural hygiene of everyone has just gone up. Wearing a mask, social distancing, yep. like those steps obviously when you're at a venue if they want to get rid of that then fair enough because i know capacity tickets that everyone's making much money but like going to tesco wearing a mask like is it that much of an issue for people where you think in fact you're protecting yourself you're protecting other people mm. like for me and i suppose in my pharmacy i work 24 hours uh, all the time with my mask on so i'm probably used to it so my view might be different around masks but i just don't think that i'm that much of a hindrance to how how much they protect you just from anything like i feel like i've yeah. been the healthiest yeah. I've been, apart from when i got corona but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i haven't had it how weird well i haven't had symptoms of it but um oh. having been with it for like a year but um it rocks i yeah on. really <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> if i do get it i think i'd be really sick from it because my viral load would be really high like i'm breathing in there for <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. but um with yeah i i agree like i actually think i cannot believe how dirty the tubes are like yeah. when i think when i when you deep it like i can't believe how disgusting we are <laughs> yeah, like yeah. i would just get on like a treadmill i would get on a treadmill and run on the, a sweaty treadmill and like touch it like two seconds yeah. after someone else has been sweating on it and now now when we, when we were going to the gym like in between the two lockdowns like i would spray everything clean it and i i remember thinking like this is how it should always be actually. yeah 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 like what that why am i just okay like when i was touching these weights before and it'd be a bit sticky and yeah. i'd just oh. Like, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? That is, and I think with the mask, I agree. I we wear a mask all the time. The only thing I was thinking is like people who um do struggle with it is like um people with learning disabilities, and also like if you're deaf or mute, then Mm. they've been really struggling with masks actually. So, like, Mm. for people like that, it would be difficult. And they see that's an interesting thing you say about the mask. And honestly, you do not realise how much of a hindrance a mask has been in a pharmacy, especially on medication handouts when it comes to the oh elderly. God, yeah. Like, I feel, obviously, people struggle to hear what I'm saying from just the tone of my voice, the sound of my voice, the accent, firstly. And now, what with a mask, I'm from, I'm from Huddersfield, Northern. What would you think it was? What does it sound like? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something completely wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, yeah, with the elderly, like now, I just have to shout at people who are, who are like half 
you know, half deaf or whatever, hard of hearing. Sorry, that's that's the correct term. Um, I'm just I'm just screaming, so I can see how it be, <laughs> I can see how it could be a hindrance for you know long term. But um, in general, I don't think it's that much of an issue. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I'll continue to wear masks, to be honest, in the supermarket and stuff. Just yeah. at my own choice, like, just, it, I think it's a good thing, like, in general, right, like, yeah. to do it. But yeah. one thing I will say is I can see, like, this time next year, hopefully, touch wood, everything, June, whatever. But I th- if everything's back to normal, I can just see businesses not providing, like, gyms maybe not providing, uh, you know, the sprays and everything they're doing, just because it's a cost to them. And I think yeah. they're too selfish. So I just thought... I think people, hopefully people are more conscious like carrying hand sanitizer and just doing their own thing because I just can't rely on the businesses to do yeah, it. To I can't lie, I literally, I literally never had hand sanitizer on me until like mm-hmm. now. I just, mm-hmm. I love it, but I get really dry hands, so I was never a fan of it all. Like a mum thing before, wasn't it? it was like, you know, you know, know what you need sanitizer. for dry hands? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that moves us on nicely. <laughs> on to the next topic. So, B, you've been busy outside of, um, you know, F1, getting a bit of money with in the commercial world. How has how has that been? Do you want to let the listeners know what, what you've been up to? I was wondering what that inside joke was about. To be fair, yeah, like, no. <laughs> you still laughed. You laughed though. Yeah. <laughs> it's polite. I was just like, ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, uh, I do that a lot. Um, yeah, no, I did. I did an advert with Bethany. I feel like people will be sick of me talking about this. That's yeah. literally all I post on my media at the moment. But well, I mean, like, what else do I have going on? Exactly. But yeah, I to I was in on a... your social media. You can see you were you were very pleased with it. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Something I've learned. Okay, you have to be proud of your own achievements. You have to be your own biggest fan. Because for sure, anyone who knows know? me knows I am. um but yeah i did an advert with um vaseline which was on tv and in magazines and that was that was fun can i just ask you a question because i have a mate that we uh take the piss out of because he says vaseline the way you say it how do you say it again please oh that's what you said oh vaseline (laughs) vaseline is that the way when you did the the shoot is that what they called it I think so. Now you're stressing me out. Wait, Vaseline. How are you saying that? Vaseline. Vaseline. Well, how do you say it, Vic? Yeah, Vaseline. 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 Well, to all our listeners, please DM us. Let us know how you say <laughs> Vaseline. Is it Vaseline or Gondi? Vaseline. Vas- Vaseline. <laughs> now you're making me. Now I'm saying. It. I feel like I'm saying it with a Z. Yeah, you do. It sounds pretty posh to me, but that just American. American. No, that's just my um, Caucasian phone voice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to perfect it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were doing. The, sorry to interrupt. You were doing the uh, shoot okay. for, with Vaseline. Mm. Yeah. So I did that um, in between the two lockdowns and that was really fun and that was actually like it was a nice escape from everything else mm. um and then what did I do oh yeah so I tweeted about it um mm. basically my mum was so gassed like <laughs> if you think of like honestly I I I don't know what like your parents are like but my mum would be say like I got out of bread like bed came down and made myself breakfast she'd be like 
so good. So good. <laughs> very good. The best. Like, like she is like my biggest fan. I'll do anything. Like the other day, I literally made like chicken and potatoes, and she sent it to all my family, being like, "She's chef." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, that's the level of like happiness she gets from anything basic I do. So then I didn't even know it was going to be in the magazine. Like I, my friend sent it to me, mm. and then I sent it to my mom and. I, she'd been she's like staying at home very much and all of a sudden I just was looking around find friends and then it was like she was gone she has gone from boots to boots and came back with like all these copies and then she was like and then and then like someone an Amazon delivery driver came to drop off a parcel and she was showing him and I was like mother you need to <laughs> I was like get back in the house put your mask on relax but she was so excited so I tweeted about it just being like she bought eight copies and and then for some reason, I don't know why it wasn't, I didn't expect it to go that big, but it got like 919,000 likes. Yeah, yeah. What? 919,000? 919,000, like yeah. 919K. Jeez. What? How have I not seen this? What? Be went viral, mate. I don't so, honestly. How did this advert come about? Did you just apply to do the advert then, or did they just ask you or? There was a, I saw a casting call on Instagram. It was like for key workers. Um, so they oh, okay. wanted lots of different types of people like shop workers and bus drivers and doctors, nurses. And then they, you had to send in like a self tape um, talking about what you've been up to and then like kind of like an audition screen test. And then, yeah. And then they just like interviewed and kind of filmed you. But I've never done anything that like, glamorous before my life like there was like a car to pick me up I like I got really nice, yeah there was like good food there was food on set I had um like coffee waiting for me and then and then like and then all of a sudden I had to sit on the stool and there was like bright lights and they were asking me questions and I was literally like at some point I was like I can't even remember my own name <laughs> I yeah. was so like because I've never been in anything like that like yeah. um shoot. yeah but yeah it was fun Oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's good. cool. That's super interesting. In the uh, casting, um, I'm always interested in this because uh, everyone is all about diversity recently. What, what was the what was the cast like there? Do you mean the people working there, or or like the, the people, other that, other people that were going to be in the campaign? So there was actually quite a lot of other people who were being filmed originally, but I don't know if, they, I think there's only four people in the final advert. Um, they chose a lot of... Oh, you made it. I didn't even know. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> they chose a lot of different um, ethnicities. Like, I think with adverts, I read this thing that they're, that, you know, they, they portray lots of ethnic minorities yeah. for a reason. And in this advert, there was like people from like Caribbean origin and Asian, um, um, white. And I was going to say that like also in terms of key workers, a lot of the, the people who are key workers are ethnic because yeah, yeah. especially people I'm seeing in hospital like a lot of the cleaners the security guards people in grocery stores they are ethnic um a lot of like first generation immigrants so naturally that's what come okay. but obviously there are there weren't lots of aunties applying for <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. oh no yeah fair enough that's that's that sounds amazing um well done on that uh on the tv uh, Vic, do you want to uh, take us onto the the last 
the last uh, section of the podcast. It's a new section, by the way, guys, while Vic gets his uh, phone off. I can see on the camera, so I'll uh, fill in the silence. So, B, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get you to be involved in this as well. Uh, you probably won't know what we're about to do, but and I forgot to explain it before we started, so we're just going to roll with I'm it. I'm good with improv. <laughs> yeah, we're going to roll with it. So, um, on our uh, story, oh, are you ready, Vic? Do you want to take over? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. So, basically, we're just doing a little feature we're just doing a little feature on the pod uh where we just throw something out um on the day we're recording day before where we can ask for some questions that you can ask us that we can answer with our guest or um you know a story anecdote something like that we can read a couple out just to, you know discuss have a laugh about just something like to end the pod on um so yeah we've got some that we're going to go through i uh, hope you're ready dave and b um so the first one is a question so it says um you're about to get married and your partner asks asked you to sign a prenup are you offended yes <laughs> yes <laughs> simple yeah fair enough yeah um, um i think yeah i'd be i'd be i thought it'd be something you discussed before anyway but yeah <laughs> i'd probably be, i'd probably be a bit like what well, we're taking back i guess but yeah, yeah like, why would you need it yeah um would i be offended I feel like, as you said, I'd like to hope if you're going to get, if, if I've proposed at that stage, I'm finding out that you'd want a prenup before the time of proposal, hopefully. Uh, if not, then there's something really going on there. Uh, would I be offended? Um, I feel like there would be a discussion around it. So you'd have to, it'd, it'd have to, um, I feel like my thoughts of it has changed massively because obviously my mum might remarry. So she's discussed the whole thought of keeping her assets her own thing all this so I think that in my experience is literally just in my head now where I've been like oh, okay mm. if someone suggested to me it's not just like obviously the whole thing marriage love it's never going to happen blah 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 but you know people are getting married a lot later a lot of people um are having a lot more you know wealth or assets at a younger age um so people it might just be a way to you know if the worst ever was to happen then fair um so i think i wouldn't be offended as as, as such but it would be one of them where i'd also i'd want to have the, hear the reasoning mm. and an early discussion yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you've got that definitely right so the next one um so it says in the workplace do you think it's more acceptable to say a homophobic joke or a racist joke so i think what they mean is is it more acceptable to say either homophobic or racist yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. acceptable isn't the right word but we'll answer the question anyone want to answer it first you see in my workplace i've had this where my workplace is very diverse as um b um said a lot of it is ethnic minorities and I work with all women and there's only one woman that is uh, white and the amount of like there is a lot of there's a lot of racist jokes but it's at the expense of themselves if that makes sense there's a lot of Asians that will make bants about Indian but then they also touch on other other races that aren't their own where if there if there wasn't like this diverseness and you can, you, I know their intentions is just for a joke, but it is, it's some, some of them do make me feel uncomfortable. There's one where she made a joke about a um, Chinese, uh, the Chinese like population in general, where I was like, whoa, that's a bit like, there was no, there was no one there to be offended, but I was like, that wasn't really on. 
But I think in a general life, I think right now, just because people are so much more aware of, you know, racism, I think people are a lot more sensitive to it compared to homophobia in that sense. But I don't think it means it makes it more respect, more acceptable. Yeah. Someone fire yeah. back any thoughts of what I said, just in case that doesn't make sense. Go on. I see Vic's face. Um, I think, yeah, except I think just um, just on the race thing. Did you did you feel like you should call it out, even though it wasn't about your race or whatever? See, it's because this is my thing now. Oh, I yeah, think I'm yeah. gonna just call it out on anyone now because yeah, I've I've learned yeah, I, I've learned that I can't. Um, I'm not here for people who will just sit there silently. Um, mm. Like if you're not calling it out, you're just as bad personally as like the people saying it. So it is hard though it's hard to just be like you should call it. it it is very hard to say that but yeah you see i agree what you're saying i would i would literally have said the same thing if someone told me that story if someone told me the story i said but it's actually i see i literally feel what the social pressure is when yeah each day that 95 percent of the jokes is about themselves and then there's one that was not about themselves where i was like oh like me personally, I just don't touch that stuff at work. Oh, well, yeah. at work. well, at work. Yeah. Obviously, it, with your friends, it's always different. Like, mm. I can, I make plenty of horrible jokes to Vic. Vic does the same to me. We're friends. We have that relationship. It's fine. Obviously, in a professional environment, it's completely different. So for me, I never make any... Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm dropping bounce day to day. But it's just... <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> it's like disclaimer. By the way, I'm funny. I just like to be PC. As PC as possible. I don't know if it's a boy thing. I'm going to throw yeah. it out there that I a lot of my conversations are just not like I don't make racial like jokes or homophobic definitely not homophobic jokes yeah. ever and I think it might be I don't know it's not I think it's more in like boys vocabulary not trying not in a sexist way mm -hmm. but just yeah, like yeah. it's like a banter thing where I we don't really touch upon it so I think at, at work definitely never but mm. um but yeah, but we are becoming more aware of things that yeah. we like sh can't or can say. But in terms of calling it out, I like I know what you mean by social pressure, but I am going to try and be better in terms of standing up for like things that I'm, if I'm like, oh, I don't think that's fair. I need to just say it because mm. I think that's what we've learned, like with everything that's happened this year. 100%. Try and call it out. Final thought yeah. about to answer the question. Um, <laughs> I think... Actually, yeah, what do you two think of gasoline from that one? What do you think about the homophobia com compared to race racism comments? What do you think one of them is I think uh, racist jokes, inverted commas, uh, there's like a spectrum. So, for example, if you make it about yourself, say if I made a, um, a joke about Indians and there was another Indian in there and they said, hey, you shouldn't say that, you know, then it's like, but if nobody else in the office, for example, was Indian and they didn't say anything. It's, in that case, then is it more acceptable in that sense? I mm -hmm. think if you were to make, yeah, I th it's hard. I think probably racist jokes are more acceptable, to be honest. Uh, not that it feels uncomfortable to even say that, to be honest. But yeah, I think that's, that's, that's my answer. Yeah, I think, like, I, pro I say things about myself, like about being Asian or like... Um, Sri Lankan but yeah if I make a joke and it's racially charged it would be about myself mm, yeah. um, 
and that would be i guess if you're not offending anyone else then it's it should be okay but actually like like you said saying it out loud it shouldn't be okay that i'm mocking myself or like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you're so making yourself the butt of the joke it's always an interesting yeah. one that one yeah i just want mm -hmm. to see where you fall also a hint of just maybe not taking things so serious but also be aware of that you can offend people that kind of thing yeah. uh, so moving on swiftly uh, the next one um don't know if i'm equipped to answer this one but it says if you're white and you're rapping along to a song that says the n-word is it okay um i'd probably say no but well i'm not white and i don't i like i would feel so uncomfortable to say the n-word in a song but i don't know how and i guess other people could have like you know different views and mm. if you are um if you are black then you might have different views on like if it's okay or if it's not but mm. me personally like i would not be okay using a slur that isn't towards my own like ethnicity in a song like whether it is in a song or not yeah yeah um my view on it is yeah no but i even even myself i don't even unless um, waved or whatever I, I don't normally like saying it myself even with uh, like in my house my uh final year house there was five four of us who were all black and we even had a discussion that we we wouldn't even we don't even say the word in general so um i think for someone to sing it don't get me wrong i can understand how it happens people just they just they're just saying they're not really thinking but i think people should make a conscious effort to be aware of lyrics and just not say it i think missing out missing out the word doesn't ruin your enjoyment of the song even if the yeah. person's yeah. singing it so I, I i think it's so much easier not to sing it why even yeah. have why even have the yeah the discussion yeah, yeah. Agreed. if you say it you're possibly offending someone if you don't say you're not doing anything so oh, yeah. i mean it's exactly. pretty obvious i like this last question though this is a good one to end on um if you could swap lives with someone who would it be and i'll throw in why as well to that so either you two want to go first because i have no idea <laughs> if i could swap lives it's a hard one isn't it um you mean forever is it forever <laughs> yeah let's 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 make it 24 Let's, hours. Really, yeah. no, no one wants to swap. No one wants to swap lives of anyone, really. I hope not. Yeah. Well, I imagine it was people. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> uh, just gonna have a little four guys. Uh, everyone's having a little thing. Just thought I'd fill the silence for everyone. Uh, just give the. Uh, I oh, here we have go. one. <laughs> yeah. I have one. That didn't take me very long to come up with it. 24 yeah. hours. I'd like to be Ariana Grande. Jeez. Why? Do you know what? I just think, so I can have her skills as well, right? And I can like, yeah, well. basically, like there's rich and then there's rich, rich. And then there is rich, like, <laughs> oh my God, I will never see that kind of money. And yeah. that sounds really superficial, but I mean, if it's like a novelty, right? Like I want to see what she can do in a day. Like she could get li literally anything she wants and it would be, I think it'll be stressful. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but also like, I'd like to go on stage and sing like that would be fun and <laughs> actually like you know have a good voice yeah. and then i'd have a just just for fun that's not a very um deep one i could have thought of being like someone who could make a world change world yeah. peace, but you know but it'd be nice no that's good i've i've, I've got, got my answer as well oh do you want to go first dave yeah we'll do um it's a 
there's, there's, there's two parts to it. This might be a cliche answer when you hear it, but I would want to be um, President Obama, either when he was president or now, just on the fact of, I want to see behind the curtain. I want to see what goes on at the highest stakes of power. Like, I just want to see, like, how do they, how do they interact? How do they discuss what information is known? Are they aware, are they literally aware of like all the stuff that's going on across the world? They're literally picking up, picking what decisions, what things to care about, what things to ignore, like the money, the dirtiness of it, like what's going on there. And then on top, he's the first black president. So that would be pretty wavy in that sense. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, exactly. So that's my answer, yeah. That's a good answer, yeah, both good answers. Mine would be, um, an astronaut who's already in space because I wouldn't oh. be able to fly and I wouldn't know that knowledge, but I just want to go to space. <laughs> just it would imagine be like, Yeah, I went to space. No one would believe you, but you would know, right? But just imagine seeing like the earth from oh, nah, that'd be crazy. That'd be fun, and I feel like we're not far off there. Isn't Tesla gonna do yeah. something soon? Exactly. SpaceX, yeah, they they. They say this, but he's like, um, oh, we're going to be able to send humans to, to space or to Mars or something by 2030. Yeah. And I'm just like, if he's anything to go by, he made a lot of bold predictions for Tesla and he missed all of them. So, I mean, we're probably looking at later on in the century, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Somewhere down the line. That's a yeah. topic for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. So that's a good way to end. Um just want to say thank you B for coming on it's been it's been really good really interesting conversation um I hope you enjoyed it uh do you want to just tell everyone where they can um catch you on your socials and mainly to see the uh the boots advert which you know your mum <laughs> um, loves do you want to let everyone know <laughs> yeah I actually don't know my Instagram name one second I need to <laughs> look it up no worries whilst whilst B's looking for that then uh just want to say thanks everyone for listening thanks for sending in your questions uh I think it's going to be a feature that we're going to uh, continually have on the pod um so we're also going to have questions which we appreciate as I said but also if you've got any interesting stories relating to anything or you know ethnic race related that kind of thing your day today stories work related just uni stories anything send those in as well um so yeah for sure do you, um, B, do you want to tell them where they can follow you yes um my instagram is i didn't know this was my instagram name. it's b-e-e manaharan m-a-n-o-h-a-r-a-n thanks for having Perfect. me no problem at all it's been a pleasure we'll make sure that um in the in the uh, what's it called the caption and everything we put your uh, your answer in there so everyone can find it on there and on the pod uh, title as well and uh, so yeah thank you again B for coming on thanks everyone for listening and we'll yeah. catch you again next week see ya bye